It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the college basketball edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor with Rick Boring from MusketeerReport.com and Chad Brendel from BearcatJournal.com. We got a lot to talk about as the NCAA tournament continues to wind its way through. And uh, we are doing this actually as we start this, we're at halftime of the UCLA game, which is the third of four games on Sunday. So we're through most of this. And as this podcast progresses, we'll probably poke at each other for that because as we all know, Rick is a huge Mick Cronin fan and Chad is a, no, wait a minute. I got that backwards. Uh, Chad is Chad is a Mick Cronin fan, as am I, and 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 Rick is not. So we'll poke fun at each other about that as it goes on. And it doesn't sound like game. we'll be poking fun at each other. That sounds like yeah, it's gonna be it sounds like we're going to gang. So, yeah. Sounds like we're going to gang up on you, Rick. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, I mean, fair we'll, enough. I deserve it in this I case. Know. Well, I, and the thing about you, but you both, I, I self-deprecation is a great thing in life. So you know what? It, it, if you can own that, that's a good thing. And here's the thing, though: if Alabama and they're very capable of rallying from where they are right now of eleven because they shoot the three a ton and they could make a bunch in a hurry it may be you sniping at us for all i know so we'll we'll get to that but we know he's already he's already this far as an 11 seed i mean i've just got to eat the crow at this point we'll, we'll see where it goes it's gonna i mean we're literally doing this as they are at the half so we'll see where this but even if he loses it's still just been a hell of a run and no, it's been a great run yeah i mean and he's probably gonna at least cover which for our purposes on our normal podcast i am five and one going to this game rick and they're getting whatever six, six and a half. I feel pretty good about that at the moment. I should. Oh, don't do that to yourself. That. I yeah, know that. Jesus. I realize I probably shouldn't. Wow. But I, I feel pretty. And I think if I remember, you and I were opposite just about every game. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Except for the very so, last one. Right. So there we go. So I, I'm feeling I'm feeling OK at this stage of the game. Uh, we got a lot to get to. And let, let's start with the UC news. Can we do Xavier first? No, I'm just kidding. No, we cannot do that. <laughs> I'm kidding. We're, do, we're doing UC first. That's why we're doing this podcast tonight, because we hadn't planned on maybe doing this. Because uh, All right, yeah, so, yeah. All right, so let, 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 let's start with this. Um, UC issues a, a statement on Friday that they're investigating um, allegations. And it's uh, it's funny. I've had people ask me what the NCAA allegations are. I've said they're, they're not NCAA allegations. They're player allegations and pro yet. allegations. Yeah, not yet. And I guess that's the question is, so so what does this mean? I'll start with you, obviously, Chad, and, and Rick, I know is passionate about this this topic, and I am too. Um, so what do, what does this mean? So where are we at with allegations? I guess let's start there. Well, I, it would be nice if we knew what allegations meant, uh, but, but that was not included in John Cunningham's brief statement. It was it was a very clear shot across the bow to John Brannon no to use allegations in the statement. Um, what it means is John Cunningham is going to be hiring a new basketball coach sometime here in the next week or two. I mean, okay, I don't so, think so, 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 so will he though? So here's yeah. the thing I'm oh, going to yeah. ask you here. Okay. So, so how let, many let, times there's there an investigation that they come back and they go, eh, didn't find anything. He's good. Okay. All right. So, so that's a great place to start, Chad. So let, let's go with this. I've heard this. I'm sure you've heard this, Rick, you may have heard this. Right now, the thing I've heard is that he practiced a little bit of extra time. It's not a it's not a fireable offense. And there may be more. I don't know that. Chad, maybe you do. Um, but I don't know that. All I know is that, that that part I've heard. We know six guys have transferred. That's not fireable. Well, six guys are in the portal. Correct. Well, yeah, yeah good point. I, I only yeah. know of one that 
potentially has a new destination. No, you're right. And, and, that, and that, that's, that's a great clarification because everybody has assumed it's a transfer and it's not because they're in the portal and they can always come back. And that's what John Cunningham, he's had a Zoom meeting with these guys about, hey, hang around, guys. All right. So let's say let's say they don't find cause because I think we have to go there at the moment. Let's say they don't find cause. They can't afford the buyout. We No. Okay. We agree with that portion of it. And I, I realize I, I saw a thing today. I think 5.25 yeah, million. Yeah, I thought I thought I heard, initially it was four and a half, but I've seen well, five now. Right. So there's so- there's a there's a million dollar retention bonus next year, and that is included in the cost of the buyout. So okay, he's so at we're 1. over five. 5 he's at one point five million dollars for four years. That's six million. Seventy five percent is the buyout. So that's four and a half, and then you have an extra million. Seventy five percent. That's seven hundred and fifty thousand. So five point two five million is the buyout as it stands. And obviously they're not going to pay that. They can't pay they that. Can't. They're, not, they're not going to find the money for that. All right. So, so we do an investigation. Let's just say the worst thing we find is he was abusive towards players verbally, maybe not physically. If he was then okay, but he was, yeah, and it led him to transfer and he's, he's a hard ass and you know, he, he is strength coach and he had a falling out. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of things where maybe John needs to fix if he is to retain this job, perhaps, but let's just say for argument's sake that we find no real cause. There's no real cause. It's going to prevent a buyout. Where does this end at this point? Well, I, I get the, uh, the, the role-playing portion of this, but I think what I would say, the more like when that was my first question when this came out on Friday, but the more you kind of look into it and the wording of the, the statement is, um, I think done on purpose and written lawyerly for a reason. They, when they say commence an outside investigation, uh, to me, that means they have completed an investigation internally. And now they are crossing their I's and dotting their T's. I think if the internally they had not found anything that the statement Friday would have been, we're moving forward with, with John Brandon as our basketball coach uh, only because if there was nothing and you can't afford to buy him out, and you can't afford to fire him for cause, then you're kind of stuck, right? Uh, I, I've talked to some lawyers and and got their opinion on this situation. And generally what they said is, right now we're at a, like, when a, a realtor hires, like, a home inspector, and they basically, like, we need to, uh, we need to get this house valued at this price. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Can you do it? Right. That's where we're at. So I don't think we're at this point if they are still looking for the reason they're going to fire John Brandon with cause. I think we are at this point because they have found it. And in order for it to hold up in a court of law, they have to have an outside counsel or, or investigative group or whatever you want to call it, come in and confirm the internal findings. And then you react from there. Reacting from there is moving forward. Either John takes a settlement or Cincinnati goes ahead firing with cause. I think that's where we're at. The people that I've talked to have said that that it's probably one of two things. The scenario that Chad just laid out, or it's a scenario where you didn't find 
the cause you needed when you did your internal investigation. You can't afford the buyout. So now you're going to open it up, throw out these ambiguous allegations in public to try to make John as toxic as possible. Say, hey, your text messages are going to be part of this investigation. Your emails may become public record. Everything's going to be out in the open. And you try to make it as difficult on him to get him to settle and, and resign and just leave as quickly as possible and for as little money as possible. Basically what I've heard is regardless of which option it is, and and maybe there's a third scenario out there, but most people seem to believe it's one of those two, that this is the nuclear route by John Cunningham. I mean, this is 100%. One, John Brandon is gone, but two, also you are going the most extreme route, the route that everyone tries to avoid, the route you don't want to go if you don't have to. No, I've heard the same thing you have, Rick. That, that's kind of where I am with this. Of, I'm not sure they did find anything in the internal investigation. I really don't, other than, again, maybe a little practice hours over. And you guys can both correct me if I'm wrong. I, that, to my knowledge, that's not fireable. That's a slap on the wrist for the most part, right? I mean, any of that stuff to me is just total rumor and hearsay at this point. I don't feel comfortable about okay, you know, speculating on allegations just because I haven't heard that from any reliable sources. I've yeah, just heard that, rumors thrown out there about that. that. that, that, that that's fair enough. But at this stage of the game, I, I would think if I'm John Cunningham, and I do know understand understand what you're saying about, you know, maybe we find out down the road that hey, we found something internally. We need an independent investigator to find this out. It sounds more like I'm trying to dig up dirt on my coach any way humanly possible, and I don't care whatever speck of dirt I cu- turn up, I'm going to get rid of him. Well, I, and- I certainly don't think it's like he was physically abusive, or there's like correct you know, something that, that would stuff would have totally- come up. Right. Well, that stuff would have been out there, but also you probably don't feel the need that you really got to strengthen your argument with an independent investigation if you've got proof of him doing something egregious. So it is if they found something or not, it clearly doesn't rise to the level of obviously you can fire this guy because they're trying to strengthen an argument. Best case scenario. Chad. Yeah, I mean, I think it's farther along than that from talking to people around. Um, like I said, my initial reaction is where you guys are, are your brain was, uh, on Friday, but you know, the more people I talk to, the more it sounds like they think at least that they have whatever they would need to, to make this happen. And now they're going through the, uh, the formalities of making sure whatever they think they have will hold up in court if they have to fire him for cause. Um, I, I, you know, I I think that's probably right. That's probably the most likely scenario based on everything we know at this point. And and we don't know enough to know anything for certain. For sure. This is just talking to as many people in and around the situation as, as I can get to, to speak to me, um, to kind of, you know, base my, uh, feelings on where I think the position is actually like standing. All right. So just Jay, let me, let, let me go to, to a point of, I don't want to ask what, what has led to this. I know what has led to this, but um, in today's day and age of the transfer portal, this is very consistent with a lot of programs. Six is a lot. We all would agree. Six is a lot. And the fact that we've heard what we've heard, there's it seems like there's cohesion to the six, all those things. Um, at what point though, does an AD who would have hired him and John Cunningham didn't hire him. And is that part of this too? I'm sure. Yes. Does, does an AD go, 
okay, listen, this guy can recruit. He can win. He won a conference championship last year, tied for first in the regular season. Got to a conference title game this year despite all the crap going on. Houston is simply just better than everybody by a landslide at the moment, and they're proving it in the NCAA tournament. Do you not just back that coach and go, listen, I'm not going to kowtow to six kids leaving. I'm going to say, you know what? John, you got to do a few things different. You got to have, there's some concessions here, man. You got to coach a little differently. I understand where you're at. I understand you've gotten results. I understand that this is the way you coach, but hey, you can't keep driving kids off. And this is why you did it. I think a lot of it is he's not his guy. And I think that's part of, it's a big part of this where it's almost like it be, it's become a witch hunt. Yeah. I mean, I, to an extent, I, I agree with that. But if you look at the statement, Skinny, I mean, a lot, you got to go over these things because they're all, every, it's carefully constructed and worked. Yeah, I, 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 should I look at the A's and the A's and the thes too? Because it seems like every other word we're dissecting, right? And it wasn't a very big statement. It was a very short statement, but it feels like I got to look at the, where's the, the no, put in, where's look the, at, look at put in? exactly the quote from John Cunningham. The university has always put the welfare of its student athletes first. Right, right. He is but, communicating with the players that are in the portal. He had a meeting with them Friday to let right. them know what on was going on, on. On Zoom. On Zoom. He's trying to keep the players that are in the portal in the program over the coach. Right? Well, that's a, that's that, a slippery slope, bro. Well, and Real he was slippery. conducting an investigation while the season was going on behind the coach's back, if what I've heard is correct. Is that what you've heard, Jed? Uh, there were players meeting with the athletic director well before uh, Cincinnati played over. in the American Athletic Conference tournament. Yes, that is right. my understanding as well. Right. So, I mean, th- this is a, a pretty unique situation. You don't yes. have this very often in terms of your athletic director acting like this. And I'll also say in terms of the duties of an athletic director, some of the wheels that would need to be greased around town, some of the people you're going to be going to for fundraising, things like that. John Cunningham hasn't made a lot of friends so far. No. So I, I believe that to be fair. He's not really well liked around town, to my knowledge, based on what I've heard over the last week. And this is just a really weird situation. And I go back to this, whether you believe John Brandon should be fired, whether you believe he should still be the coach, whether you believe John Cunningham is doing a fairly normal process, which I, I've seen that brought up, you know, that that this is how it goes and he's doing mm. it the normal way, mm. regardless of what you believe on all of those topics. The thing I keep coming back to is for a university that we keep hearing the goal is to get into a big time conference. This is a really bad look. I'm not saying it's the death penalty. I'm not saying that I'm not trying to be overdramatic about this is going to set them back for decades, but this looks like a small time operation right now. I mean, you know what it looks exactly like? It looks exactly like the last school that moved from the AAC to a a, a quote unquote power conference. This is the UConn Kevin Ollie playbook. It's exactly almost to a T exactly what happened for UConn to fire Kevin Ollie. Kara violations, having players go work out with the trainer so that, you know, some, it, it, you know, I'm not saying this happened at UC, but time violations of guys were practicing and then Ollie was having them go work out with the trainer. So it wouldn't look, it wouldn't show up on the, the, the time logs. She, yeah. Yeah. So just stuff like that. You know, I, I think that's really like, that's really what's going to be interesting here. If we ever hear exactly what's going on. 
if it is care violations, there's one of two ways to have uh, a care violation, essentially. One, you overpractice and it's in the logs and you just kind of look the other way. And I believe that to be true, to be quite frank, from what I know. Uh, from the way I know you see compliance works, if they were over hours in the log, it would have been reported. Okay. I, I, I believe. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, not in the log. I, I, I believe them to be over hours. I, I believe that. Yeah. What I'm saying is yes. there's a difference, though. Yeah, the I'm sorry. Way, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. The other way is to fudge the books. Yeah, I, I don't believe that. What? That? Well, I, I mean, if it's not, you can't. I don't think you're going to get away with putting in the logs that you're over hours every week. The other way is to lie. And if you lie, as we've seen, and I'm not saying this is what I'm just saying, these are the, the, the two ways that it would turn up that there are violations of hours. Yeah. Either the logs show the violations or the logs don't show the violations because you were reporting hours incorrectly. If you're reporting hours incorrectly, you're going to get yourself in a vastly different situation because then you know you're going over hours, right? And you're lying about it, so it looks right. like you're staying under. That's going to create much more issues if that's what we're looking at than, you know, we reported 22 hours this week and we were only allowed 20. So you think that this will lead to UC just basically saying, screw our football program, let's go back to the Big East? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just curious I, where that, that no, line of thinking was what going. I, what I, but what I am saying is we have seen this somewhere else very recently, and it didn't really cause a whole lot of damage because they made the right hire to replace him. So, you know, I, I, I hate all of this. But my sure. job now is to try to get my brain around what's actually going and, and try to figure out where things are uh, in the process. Skinny, you screwed yourself so bad. I did. By the way, Alabama's on a 7-0 run to cut it to four in case anybody's wondering. UCLA <laughs> hasn't scored in the second half. That's correct. That is correct. Since Skinny said, since Skinny said, I'm in the clear on plus seven. I didn't say in the clear. I said I felt good about where I'm at plus seven. That's all I said. Ridiculous. Big you, difference. You, you son of a. I, I'm, I'm stupid. I'm stupid at this point. As, as you know, I'm usually stupid. All right. So, I'm, so, I'm, so I'm let's go to this. I'm trying to get my so, head around what we're potentially looking at as you see moves forward behind a, a cloak of darkness, uh, which I'm sure is how their lawyers have instructed them to handle things. All right. So, so how quickly could a decision either way come down and how quickly should it come down? And I guess it depends on how, um, how concrete you see evidence, you know, how concrete do they think their evidence is when they turn it over to the independent, investigation because if the independent investigators come in and it's all pretty cut and dry i don't think it's going to take very long but if they're digging which is the other scenario that right. i presented on friday on that's the radio, what I, that's what i'm wondering if they're digging could be a couple weeks right like and if it's a couple weeks and we're back at this damn thing where uc doesn't have a head coach in the middle of april and the transfer portal is picked over and UC has two guys on the roster. You know, it, it, it's it wouldn't be a fun situation trying to hire a coach into at that point in time. 
No, 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 no question. I mean, that, 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 that's, that's a big part of it. All right. So, so let's, let, let's wrap it up with this and I'll ask both of you and I'll start with you, Chad, and then I'll go to you, Rick. What, what do you, th- I, you've kind of already said it, but I just want to wrap it up in a bow. What do you think the end game is here for John Brandon and UC? I think UC will be looking for a new head basketball coach at some point in the month of April. Do, does he get a buyout after this? Does he get some semblance of a buyout? Is it negotiated or is it, Hey, we got cause and screw you, buddy. I think it's honestly, I think it's up to him. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, if they, if they fire for cause, you can guarantee he's taking it to court. Sure. Sure. Or if he feels like, you know, the best way to move forward is to, to take a settlement and, and resign and move on and, and go about whatever's next in his life. Move either. <laughs> actually, you know what? Wouldn't Charleston be the better play? Yes. Ooh, good call. That's a good call. That's a great call. Actually. They, they were Pat Kelsey was in John's wedding. That's a great call. You, you get to go to Charleston, kind of lay low, get, get away. Chris get Max, away. Yes. Chris good. Max on the hot seat. I was going to say, I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if Louisville is the most stable. No, situation. no, no. Great, great. That's a great, that's a great call. And, and, Pat Kelsey just took that job. It's the best job in the conference. Charleston's not a bad place to take the family if you need to. Take the family, raise the wife and kids in Charleston. I mean, you know, (laughs) just looking at the two situations, you go to Louisville, you might be back on the market again next year if things don't get turned around there. Good point. So before I go to you, you, Rick, so, so Chad, if there's a settlement, is it seven figures? Is it half? Is it where? Where? What do you think that might be if the, if there is one? Wouldn't that depend on how bad Cincinnati thinks they've got him? I guess. I mean, if they think they got him for complete cause, they don't have to give him a nickel in theory, right? So they can just because he's he's gonna pursue legal action either way. Right, so then you right. have to factor in what's it going to cost to litigate it. You know, John's going to try to 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 cut. You know. Uh, restore and, and protect his name being tarnished. So, I mean, you have to factor that in. I, I don't think they even have half those skinny. If we're talking two and a quarter million dollars, I don't know that they have that. I don't know if they do either. That's my point. I'm just wondering where that is. Is, is there a, can UCLA score a basket by the way, people? Um, You're killing me skinny. You're I'm killing me killing man. myself. Had a boy Johnny Juzang. Jack went up from deep. That's fine. All good. They lost that out of bounds. So we're all good. So anyway, so so Rick, where do you stand with this? So how how does this end? What's the end game? Hold on, I'm busy trying to be disciplined enough not to say anything about a McCrennan team not scoring for five minutes in the second because you know what tournament game because the thing is then you're going to jinx yourself. Well, and they shouldn't be here. I mean, they shouldn't be here. A credit to them. They've been playing very well. Um, There we we go. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, yeah, I think you guys have pretty much addressed it all already. I tend to think, based on the way this is going right now, I would tend to think all sides would like to settle fairly quickly, and you would be talking millions of dollars. I mean, we've seen guys get fired for doing legit things that still end up getting millions of dollars in terms of their payout. So I just don't know how you're going to get out of this so cheaply. And if you do go that route, if you're UC, and you don't have that much, and you are going to make him sue you and everything. I mean, it's a pretty bad look. Kevin Ollie is still fighting his in court, I believe. He's still trying to get a resolution on that. So it's uh, it's going to be a long, probably not fun process if it goes down that way for everybody. But I think ideally you would get some type of settlement and John would walk away with some millions. But yeah, there's no, there's no resolution to this in which John stays at this point. Like, how could you possibly 
have that relationship now with John Cunningham after this happened. Right. You can't. I mean, that's the uh, nuclear uh, the, option. What they did yeah. with that that announcement on Friday was the nuclear option. It's yeah. The only one over. I go to, and it, it's a completely different scenario, completely different league, completely different situation is the Brian Wardle situation at green Bay. That's the only one I got to lean on. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not a good one, right? I mean, it's not <coughs> right. It's, he yeah, got heavily punished. Right. And immediately started looking for a way out. Right. There's scenarios in which it's happened before where people have been investigated and kept their job. I mean, like you can't compare Will Wade to this. Hello, you know Will I mean? Wade. Yes, yeah, I, I mean, say, hello, like, Will Wade. Totally different situation. So I, I, I just don't see a possibility. LSU's stance was we're cheating and we don't care. Right. We're I do not that believe. You're right. I do not believe that to be Cincinnati's stance. <laughs> this is, this is uh, I, I'm I'm sad I'm sad for the UC fan base I'm sad for UC and I'm certainly sad for John Brandon this makes me crazy yeah it sucks it sucks bad just, just crazy so uh, let's go to Xavier um Rick you and I have been trying to follow this because I need to put it online when it happens where, where are we at with Paul Scruggs um I, he was working out in, in Atlanta this week do uh, at some skills factory or whatever so I think that's part of you know, I want to run a there. skills factory. I think I'd be good as you know what I do in a skills factory. You know what they do in my skills Take factory? Charges. Damn straight. <laughs> yeah, I already knew that. And not uh, shoot Tiger, the floater. And not, and not shoot the floater. I hate the floater, by the way. I hate I, I like charges, hate the floater in case anybody's wondering. Tiger Campbell would be a camp counselor at Skinny's charge camp. Damn straight. And again, I would not have I would not have Steph Curry because he's the only guy I've ever seen that can shoot the floater reflectively. I hate the floater. I just hate it. So there we go. I just wanted to throw that out there. Go ahead, Rick. I'm sorry. No, I mean, we continue to hear positive things about whether or not, you know, he's he's going to come back. I think a lot of people believe he's going to come back. I think it'd be a shock at Xavier if he didn't come back at this point. And um, it's just kind of I think people also forget that these kids don't really care about us refreshing websites and waiting for their announcements on social no media. Question. They're just I, doing I their own that. thing. You know what I mean? So it's like that. they'll put it they'll put it out when they get around to it, when they're back and all that. So, so I, do, I think do, it do, won't do, be do, much do, longer. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think that the the indecision or the lack of an announcement is a bad thing, good thing, or just he just doesn't give a damn. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's either. I think it's more the latter. Um, again, oh, I continue back. Oh my goodness, this is good. This is good. Was that right? Sorry, go ahead. I think we're at different points of the game right now. For, yeah, I maybe. think we've got different feeds here. Yeah, I'm I'm at fifteen seventeen on the clock. Where are you at? Yeah. Okay. I just saw that. I know what you're talking what, about now. Was I right? This is good radio. Was I right though? Yeah. Uh, maybe. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep, keep going. So, so I mean, so I thought I was going to be the bad one about this. I know I, I, was, been I was terrible. Way I, more disruptive. Than I know. Anybody. And I, I, I apologize for that. Cause that looked like over and back, which I hate, but anyway, Chad's an, uh, this is Chad's honorary brother coaching in the sweet 16 and he's correct. And they've been outscored 11, nothing to start the half. It's now 40 all in case anybody's wondering. Dag gone. I'm stupid. So anyway, go ahead, Rick. Keep keep on your point because shame on me. I'm a bad. I don't host. think I have a point. I think I answered the question already. <laughs> okay, so I think you might yeah. maybe did. Um, what do we make of C.J. Wilcher leaving? Um, is it is because I think that was the one where people go, well, "That's good" because Paul Scruggs is going to be back and he gets it. Um, is that part of it? Do we get that? Is it? Understandable? I, think it more, I think that was more about Nate Johnson, to be honest. Okay, because when okay. Nate all Johnson, right, right. I think Fair from enough. what I heard, he had told the staff in his meeting. Yeah. Sounds good. I'm coming back. And then the next day, Nate Johnson announced that he was coming back and CJ kind of looked at us like, 
all right, so you guys don't see me playing the wing at all next year either. Like, it's going to be the same situation this year on the perimeter if Paul and Nate are both back, and you're going to want to play Dwan and Colby even more. So I'm at best going to be a backup four again. And that's not how he envisions his career going, I don't think. So, sure. yeah. Can he play the wing? What? I mean, it's it's, it's, a high level. it's It's a tough thing on defense for him, you know? But, I mean, I also think... One thing that Chris Mack did well is he was willing to sacrifice some defense occasionally to score points. And I think that served him well. I think if Travis is going to go to a more open style where he's going to try to score, you need guys with a high IQ can really space the floor and shoot the ball. And CJ Wilcher can do that. So it may come down to giving something up defensively. I don't know if CJ was good enough or not. It remains to be seen, but it's one of the big concerns I would have if I was a Xavier fan right now is like, will Travis loosen up a little bit on the defense and when you face adversity will he let the offense play a little more loose and not bog it down with a lot of sets and and try his best defensive lineups to to grind the game down to a halt i I was murdered on your message board for saying this by the way on the radio it was a a shocker by the way that you were murdered on his message board but go ahead yeah yeah it was I, I know nat- you probably, that sounds, you probably that sounds you fairly probably natural, did. actually, but keep going. Yeah. Oh, they, they love me, but that's the same thing. And, and I completely agree because that's, I, I know maybe CJ Wilcher saw himself as a, a two, three. I, I just don't yeah, think I mean, Travis Steele did. Right. And I don't think he could guard fours or threes last year. So it didn't really matter <laughs> right? what, you know, what you're talking about position wise. He, he can play either Fair. on the offensive end. That doesn't really matter. It's about what you can guard and he couldn't really guard anybody. So I think there was, I can't remember what game it is now, but I went back and I watched one game where, you know, he didn't really like the way he guarded a certain cut. It was a UCLA cut. And I don't even remember. I couldn't even tell what he did wrong, but you could see steel in the background on the play, like loses cool. And then he immediately pulled him out right after that. And CJ had played pretty damn well up to that point. And even on that play where steel thought he screwed up, they didn't score on it. Like he recovered walled up down low and they got a rebound or whatever. So it was kind of, I think things like that, because in his statement, when he said he committed to Nebraska, he talked about being able to play through mistakes and getting the opportunity to be a little more loose and not so tight while he's out there was a big factor in him leaving. And I think that it kind of points to things like that, where he just felt like other guys were allowed to go out there and struggle. And every time he made the slightest mistake, he was getting yanked out of the game and being told he couldn't guard anybody. So, and I get it. That's yeah. probably frustrating when you're, you're playing well offensively and no one else can score. Yeah. I'll enjoy 10 and 22. And, That'd be good. And, it, and it's gotta be frustrating for him when, okay, you're playing the four and then Jason Carter's getting those minutes. Right. Exactly. Well, and such, I think that's such a good offensive it. player. I mean, he's, he's so good at shooting the basketball and he's a good offensive player. Yeah, look, oh, when, no, when the team can't score for minutes at a time in the second half of games with the season on the line and, you know, Jason Carter's going goose egg, goose egg, goose egg down the stretch on the offensive end. Yeah, I get it. Like, I wouldn't want to sit behind that guy either at that point if I'm <laughs> CJ Wilcher. So I think his, his points are reasonable. I don't think it was like a, a bad split or anything. Again, he was planning on coming back until Nate Johnson said he was coming back. And then he was like, OK, well. Clearly, that's not the role you guys have planned for me. And now he's going to Nebraska. So it's kind of, you know, I th- think most people would agree it's not an ideal spot either. And he'll he'll probably get to play more minutes and more of a style he wants, but they probably won't you, win. You're through your mistakes. I was I was just saying, you, I was just saying, you'll be able to play through your mistakes. I can guarantee you that because they're just not very good. So I'll let you play through them. I will almost guarantee you that. Um, Deontay Miles was one that, that, that sounded like was a guy that was going to go um, where does he stand? I mean, he hasn't done a whole lot, but 
what is what is what are we saying with Deontay Miles at this point? Well, the staff is still really high on him. If you talk to especially Steele, I mean, he'll bring up NBA potential still when he talks about Deontay Miles. He gives them something different defensively that they just really haven't had a lot of. He can really move his feet. He can hedge ball screens, and he's a legit rim protector on the defense. And the problem is, is he's strong enough to guard guys in the post, and can he rebound enough? And the thing about him is, they feel they can play him alongside Zach Fremantle. They didn't feel that way with Brian Griffin. They do think that. Yeah, they think okay, Deontay so Miles they, can play next to, to Zach Fremantle. They can play them together at the same time because Deontay defensively can really move and he can block some shots. They, they think he could guard fours or fives, whereas, you know, Zach obviously has some deficiencies on that end and, and is a little bit more limited. So you have to pick your matchups. But with Brian Griffin, I think that was the big thing for Deontay's decision. If Brian Griffin would have been back, it really would have been a crowded front court again with Brian right, Griffin opting right, to leave right. Jason Carter opting to leave. I, I think, you know, the staff both told Griffin and Carter, the reality of the situation is they would be coming back to reduced roles and maybe not seeing many minutes at all. If you're Brian Griffin. So that was kind of the, the deciding factor for all those guys. And, and it worked out in Deontay's favor. And I, I think this, the staff is excited about having him healthy, hopefully because, you know, Steele said he was playing really well for like two or three weeks straight in practice. And then he had that hip injury midway through the Big E season that kept him out for four or five games. And he just didn't quite get back on track, I guess. I mean, I've watched that kid develop from seventh grade on. I, th- I think he's got just the world of potential. I mean, I've always told you I thought he was a rim protector. And then watching him his senior year a little bit at Walton Verona, he um, and again, the competition level is completely different even from a high school perspective because they're playing smaller schools but even the state tournament his offensive game expanded I, I'm, I'm with the staff I I, I I hope it comes to fruition because I think he's just he does have a world of potential and he's got a lot of measurables that you have to like you just have to like yeah now the interesting rumor that's going around this weekend that I don't think anyone would have seen coming CJ Frederick well, no, <laughs> I've heard that one. I've heard that one. I'm, I'm not saying there aren't rumors about him as well, but I thought he was going to Kentucky. Uh, Kiki Tandy. There are rumors floating around that he might be interested in coming back to Xavier. Oh, for now, the love of Mary. I don't think that's likely to happen. But again, I think it goes back to what we've talked about, that he wasn't as unhappy with his time at Xavier as everyone thought he was. He's just a different guy in general. No, um, I'm more unhappy with his performance if I'm a Xavier fan. Yeah, and and I think I think that's the thing. I don't know if Xavier sees a role for him going forward, to be right. quite honest, if you're the coaching staff. So I don't expect that one to happen necessarily, but I do think it's a possibility. I also mm-hmm. think the transfer portal isn't going the exact way his family thought it might for him. So, which uh, is the thing that nobody is really talking about in the transfer portal. There's a whole lot of guys. Dude, they're in in that basket. That's the funny part to this. And it's not funny because I I think these kids think they're making the right decision. They think they're going to find greener grass. They think they're going to find a better situation, but it's they're transferring to Colorado. It's it's one thing though. It's one thing when, you know, there's a handful of guys in it. And by a handful, I mean 200. There's another thing where we're up to, what, what are we at now? 500? 400? No, almost 1,000. Almost 1,000. I mean, there ain't enough spots, bro. Not in well, high-level programs. There ain't enough spots. And it is funny because there's such like the negative connotation of like, oh, this is a terrible thing for your program or it's it's a bad look for the coach or the kid. Sure, but it's, a bad, it, it's a bad look for Houston. It's a bad look for Arkansas right now, isn't it? Well, but Back- the other thing I think of is like a lot of the cases, it's like a C.J. Wilcher where his – 
his rationale makes total sense. Yes, he's sure. not transferring to a better sure. program necessarily. And yes, he might not win as many games. I wouldn't play. I but if play. his goal is to play the way he right. wants to play and, and be on the I court as a wing, he's doing the right thing. I mean, like right, and so that, it makes sense. But that's so not like that's not a bad thing for Xavier necessarily no, no, no. that he's like, hey, I can't quite play the role I want to play there. I'm going to go somewhere else. So to carry over from that, and we're not we're still not at the um, free transfer. I think we're going to get there. I think we'll all agree they need to get there, and I think they will get there of the one free transfer. Um, do, w- will this be then the the as as much as a lot of guys are transferring up? Will we now start to see guys transfer down. I mean, CJ Wilson from 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 Xavier to Nebraska is a step down, but I'm talking the step down to the NKU's. The right it's always State. been that way, though, Skinny. Like, honestly, yeah, but, it, there's but, a crazy but, but, high percentage. They, they always report on this. I think it's Goodman does after the end of the transfer portal. Like, what percentage of the guys transfer Division One schools? It's not a high percentage. A lot of them either just flame out completely, don't go anywhere, or they try to go pro or something like that. If, right. it's, a, if it's a grad guy like this year, we're going to have a lot of that. And then there's a lot of guys that drop down to an NAIA or Division Three or what have you. So, yeah, that, that already happens a lot. And it's going to be off the charts this year. This percentage yeah, of guys North, that are just leaving Division One. Yeah, or Northwest Missouri State, which just kicks the sh- kicks the crap out of everybody at Division Two, and just kicked the crap out of somebody on Saturday to win another Division Two championship. Um, all right, so um, let let me transfer to Kentucky for a second, and and there have been rumblings, and it's probably fun rumblings more than anything else, of Texas being open and John Calipari, who's recruited Texas and recruited it well. The thought process of Cal to Texas, buy it, don't buy it. Legs, no legs, funny, not funny. Where are we at? No way. No way. Texas? Got a lot of money. I mean, so I don't think there's any way it's money. happening. But, don't, but like, don't you think there's an argument to be made it could be a good move for Cal at this point? Yes. Yeah, less yes. stress, less pressure. I mean, there's always going to be pressure because he's Cal. Right. But, but- not ne- anywhere near the heat that is Kentucky. Well, and things are getting a little bit, you know, not, I mean, he's not in danger of losing his job or anything stay like right. that. Cause but they people, stay cause he's got a lifetime, he's got, he's got a lifetime contract for 72 mil. Right. It's, and, and, it's and stale, right. It's the, stale. People are getting a little bit angry with the style and everything. And I am. I hate him. I in hate terms him. I of hate him. legacy. If you go and you revive a Texas program and you win a national championship at another place like that <laughs> final four, at least that's another great notch to add to his legacy i mean that, i was gonna say I, cool. I think I, I think we will all agree with this before you jump in chad we'll all agree rick patino might be the crypt keeper but old boy can coach and i think we'll all agree he might be the sure. best college basketball coach of our generation and maybe any generation right because if you gave me patino he, or k i would take Patino. correct oh, every I would, time I would, yeah, I would take patino versus wooden i would take patino versus naismith i would take patino versus adolph rupp i wouldn't I mean, take patino well let me ask brendel this Okay. Who you got, Brendel, in a coaching matchup? Teams being basically equal. <laughs> I knew that was going. Well, <laughs> I, ask it, Rick. Ask it, Rick. I was going to say AAU teams that are equal. You're in the Greensboro Coliseum. Oh, Skinner. I got a national championship. That's all I know. I got one. I got one. Cronin or Skinner? No, Patino. Patino or Skinner. Oh, Patino. I I would I got, give a slight edge to Patino. I got a slight one, edge. I, I got hang on. I got one. I got one. A runner up in a Final Four in three straight years. But, it's pretty but run. Your team will win in charges. No question. So maybe I might be the right way to go with that. I don't know. Give me equal talent. I 
I'll be happy with that. What what AAU teams are we giving them? Can we go? Let's go take over because that's my favorite AAU program. Who are we going to put? We'll give skinny takeover. Who are we going to give Patino? Will they play the game the way I like to play the no. game? Skinny is a uh, an indie elite guy. He'd he'd be like the oh, I love indie elite. I've I've coached yeah. against indie elite. Okay. I like indie so, elite. If we give Patino takeover and we give Skinny indie elite, Patino's going to kick his ass. Well, no. Again, uh-huh. I'm saying all things equal. Like teams are pretty equal. <laughs> I I don't know. I think it'd be a good battle. That's the only guy I really got up there in a one on one against. <laughs> Patino that could have so, a chance. So, so the, the funny here's, here's was, my question, Rick. Yes. And we're the only people, Rick, you and I are the only ones that are going to understand this question. T- more technicals. Richard Skinner, Keith Stevens. Uh, Boys, I'm a, Keith Stevens. Hang on. Hang on. Get up that frequently. Hear me out. It's funny. I know the line. I, I actually, I did not get teed up this year. I will tell you a funny story to that. Um, I've been broadcasting the ninth region boys and girls tournament since the semifinals. We have the girls tournament final tomorrow. You and Ken Ellis broadcaster. No, no. Ken oh. Ellis, who's the, the athletic director at homes. Uh, I've told Tom Gamble this story of, I got teed up by a guy years ago, a guy named Ken Ellis who told me I was too loud. And that's why he teed me up. And I said, that's re- that's the most ridiculous technical I've ever gotten, sir. He said, I'm just tired of you being loud. So we're there the other night, first night of the tournament back on uh, Monday or Wednesday, I'm sorry. And so I walked down to talk to him and he said, puts his arm around Ken Ellis. Tom does. He goes, he goes, do you remember teeing him up? He goes, well, he won't remember. And I go, Ken, I do. And he said, he said, yes. He goes, you were too loud. I said, Ken, you got to be honest, man. I said, how have you ever teed up a guy being too loud? He goes, I don't know, man. He goes, but you were just too damn loud. And I had to tee you. I said, I know two minutes into a game. You said I was too loud. So if you're two minutes into try- the game and you're already yelling like that skinny, you were being too loud. I'm, I'm on this ref's side. Two minutes I, in? But, yeah. I, but I, don't, I don't think I was yelling other than, than there, that's a walk. or that's There's a, that's nothing a, two minutes in that carry? you should be that excited about. That's a carry? That's a charge? In two minutes? Yeah. I'm with the ref. In, a, in AAU basketball, that is no, one this and was, a half possessions each. This was actually high school basketball, but yes. Okay, you're, you're, then you're it's one to, possession each. Yes, yeah, probably was actually sad, sad, sad that I got banged for that. I feel bad. Keith now. Stevens, Keith Stevens, Keith Stevens. For those that don't know, then all of you don't know. He coaches Team Takeover, and he gets ejected from a game once, at least once every AAU tournament. Then why is the point? What's the because point? it's, it's like AAU? A yeah, it's AAU refs who like you know you know, being AAU refs and like, and Keith Stevens loves picking at them and making a scene. And he gets two technicals in a game at every tournament. It's just a matter of what game it's going to happen. That's goofy to me. That's, that's a little hilarious. It's hilarious. That's a little much at that point. But I think they are the best program in AAU basketball. So he does something right. All right. There's that other than being a nut, which, which it sounds like you're a nut. I am a nut, but I know where the line is, boys. I'm, I'm good with the line. So I do know that. <laughs> All right, l- lastly, um, we are uh, seven minutes to go in the Alabama-UCLA game with it tied. There is one more game left, Oregon-USC. Uh, and I admitted this fully, I think, the other day, Rick, um, that I had not watched Gonzaga a lot during the season. I've watched them a bunch <laughs> in the tournament. And the more <laughs> I watch them, it's almost like it is. And you guys can certainly jump in and correct me if I'm wrong. It's men and boys, fellas. It is men and boys. They're by far the most complete team. I mean, they're by far 
the most complete team. It's and it, look, we are steamrolling to what we knew all along. Gonzaga, Michigan, and Baylor are the three best teams in college basketball. And and, and honestly, I I I didn't like Michigan before the livers injury a lot. I liked them certainly less, and I gotta admit, I'm fully wrong because they the are the second best team right now, the way it looks. Yes, correct. I yeah. think they're better than Baylor. Yeah, I, I agree did too. with that, Rick. I didn't think they would be without livers, but they have found an extra gear in the tournament. Hats off to Juwan Howard, man. It's no, really unfortunate I, they don't have livers, honestly, with the way they're playing. Yeah, because I'd love to see them with him. Yeah. Well, or or maybe it's just guys have said, you know what? My role increases and my role increases and my role increases. They were so good defensively today against Florida State. I know Florida State doesn't shoot it great on occasion and all those things they are long, but they locked them up, locked them up. It was impressive. I mean, for sure. So um, do you think Gonzaga will face a single digit spread? A, um, I mean, I think Michigan yes, or Baylor yeah, can keep yes. them to single digits. Yes. Well, I mean, like, do you think the spread yes, will be point spread wise? Yes. I mean, t- today yeah, was, was 13 and a half. half. Today yeah. was 13 and a half. And we, we, I think we all would admit, I know things are fluid, but Creighton's seven to eight points worse on a line than Michigan and Baylor. In my opinion. Probably. Fully agree. So, I so think Michigan like and seven Baylor or eight. eight. Yeah, eight yeah. around there. Um, yeah, not double digits, but certainly up there to where it makes you at least think. And do you think they'll keep it within that? Within uh, single no. digits, regardless of what the spread I is? Don't, I don't either. I don't, I don't think they'll know, play a game within single digits. You know what's funny is, is, and you see those spreads, and I do it. I took Oklahoma 14 and a half the other day, and they honestly had a chance to get a great backdoor cover in that game on in the second round. Um, there are just times where you just go, you know what? I don't care what the number is. They're just better. It doesn't yep. matter. I don't care what I don't care what the number. That was Creighton today. And even and today feels like a ton in a sweet correct game. But but but, but even today, even today, them. yeah, even today for a chunk of it, Creighton's hanging around, making shots. It's 27-25. But it never does, does looked G- like they had a chance. Right. But does Gonzaga get nervous? Do they freeze? Do they not do nah? It just kept going up and up and up and. I, that, I just think they're that good. I mean, and, and just watching when they play, they're just, they share it so well. They come downhill. They got shooters. They got guys driving it. They got guys finishing. I, I, I you know, it, it I, I always, I always love underdogs, but, and we all do, but you just watch them and you just can't help but admire them because they're just so damn good offensively. I think I, I told you this too, Rick. I, when you watch them, it's like, they're not going to have an empty trip. And if they do, it's just because somebody backroomed a jump shot. And they're not going to have five empty trips in a row. So you better damn well find a way to match it. And guess what? You ain't gonna. Well, when are we all like the three of us all in on the best team in the country? Like all agree like, oh, yeah, they're definitely the team we believe. Never. We're We're always looking for that slightly contrarian take. Yes. Who's the other team in the top five that we really like? We have different. That is the three of us to a T. We haven't wavered since the season started. I'm like, nah, they're just the best team. They're so complete. And I just hate to do that. And, and it reminds me of those UNLV teams in the 90s when I was a gambling degenerate, which I'm not today. I like to gamble, but I was a degenerate back then. And I need that late Monday, Big West, late cover. Get out, game. And, you, and UNLV would be laying 25 and a half to somebody bad. And you go, give it to me. Give me, lay it. And it'd be 51, 23 at the half. And you go, okay, I can go to bed now. And I lived. I lived another you, week. Yay for me. Are you- are you now just a gambling generate instead of a degenerate? No, I'm not even close to a degenerate. I just, I, I, I play it for fun money. I don't play it the way I used to. I'm telling you, there were, there were sweats on top of sweats on top of sub sweats. And I'm glad I don't do that crap anymore. But so. gambling wasn't legal back then. Uh, oh, so no. you had to call somebody. 
Huh. It's I, incredible. I don't know. I don't understand how that would, would work if there's nowhere you could legally. Right. As opposed to I've got a hundred bucks real cash in my pocket. And that sounds like a lot of money that I have to put into a machine and pay a bet. <laughs> Isn't that amazing how it changes your opinion of that? Right. <laughs> right. Huh? Instead of just, instead of just calling. Hey, you know, I want 500 on UNLV minus 25 and a half to save my ass. Sure. Right. And I didn't have it anyway. And I couldn't go to the ATM anyway. So what difference did it make? It's amazing <laughs> how legalized gambling has changed that boy. It's changed so much for the worse so much for the worse speaking of that i've spent almost every possible minute the last few weekends in lawrenceburg that i could that's okay though probably five out of six no but i'm just saying how stupid is it well um you're talking about the sports book specifically barstool sports book it was great it's Uh, it's, i'm gonna guess it was crowded as all get out correct well i went there monday bobby regan our guy barstool regs had a uh, barstool deal hook they hooked us up uh, okay. brought out a sampling of all their food for us nice um and their food I, look, i've never eaten there. i've had a beer there but i their food looks awesome well before for, they made be the transition to the barstool sportsbook the food was horrible everything okay. i got sucked except for like they had some fries that were okay yeah so now everything they brought us out was really good good they awesome. had pizza they had chicken tenders they had um fried no, bologna there. sandwich i saw fried bologna fried chicken sandwiches Ooh. Ooh, yeah, all of it was I'm really assuming? good Ooh, that sounds pretty yeah. good, actually. Yeah, all that of it sounds good. Really- and they changed the TV setup. It's a lot sleeker looking. There's no glare on the wall. They switch sides I, where the TVs I just, are. I just get annoyed by the dudes doing live playing. I'm just, I'm not going to lie. It bothers yeah, it's, me. It's not the best. I really like doing the apps, too. Like, just going to the uh, Wings and yeah. Rings or Willie Sports Cafe out there in Lawrenceburg. I went to both of those, and good it call. was a good time and, as and, well. And you probably have an app on your phone, speaking of Yeah, just DraftKings allow yeah. you to make a player five or seven. All right, will will um, you switch to the Barstool app when they come to Indiana? Yeah, I will. Hey, lastly, Rick, um, how about Jalen Tate in Arkansas? I mean, he's been a big difference. He's he's a competitor, man. He's just a winner. You know, I mean, he's he's always been good on the big stage games, you know, when they were in the conference tournament and everything was on the line. He was at his best and he's been the same way for Arkansas. That was a lot of fun to watch on Saturday night. Yeah, so I, mean, I, good. I have to ask, Rick. Should we have seen that as a red flag? Looking back, I've had this asked on my message board many times yesterday. I didn't think about should that. We, should question. we have seen that a legacy UC guy whose didn't old coach was at Cincinnati, the guy that, that got him to the level that he's playing at, and he decided he didn't want to play for Cincinnati a year ago, should we have seen that as a red flag? Yeah, I think it's possible, but I think also, based on what I know, it spoke more to where UC's at in the college landscape versus what his aspirations were. He wanted I didn't Arkansas. Think Arkansas I didn't, was can, nowhere can I close I, to can, I didn't think about that. That's, that's, no, that's, well, that's I mean, but you're playing in the SEC. There's just a right. different feel. Like, in his mind, that was big-time basketball. He didn't want the AAC. He wanted the SEC. To my knowledge, that was more what it was about but i'm not saying okay. you shouldn't look at it as a red flag because i would agree with you look like i think a lot of people thought there was a very good chance john brandon we did win that recruitment and, and get him till you see we haha chuckled about jalen tate playing for cincinnati for a year all right so the, did, but did the, we not but the, but the flip side and I, and I think it's a great question to ask chad i really do um but the flip side to that, I know it's t- different level, and there's legacy there with Jalen Tate and UC. The flip side is, though, Chris Vogt decided to go across. Yeah. I'm not saying it's surefire. I'm just asking the question. Yeah, no, no. I think it's a great question because it's it's certainly worth asking. There are a lot of people wondering. 
I think Rick probably has the best perspective on this. Yep. Yeah. Like I said, so I'm, not, I, I I'm not saying you shouldn't say that because I think, again, a lot of people thought he would win that recruitment. But at the time, what I heard was it was a lot more to do with the SEC versus the AAC. All right. Problem solved. And I, w- I will tell you, and they're the Elite Eight and maybe lucky to do so because my, my Oral Roberts Titans, Eagles, whatever they were back oh, then, they were Titans back in the so day. So close. So close. I would be um, interested in playing for Musselman if I was a free dude, agent. I tell you what, you talk about an old boy that's figured out this transfer stuff. That cat has figured it out, man. How about the guy drinks like soft drinks on the sidelines, just ripping Mountain Dew and Pepsi? <laughs> well, I mean, you got to stay wired. He seems fair, pretty wired to me, for goodness sakes. For am, sure. I allo- am I allowed to do cocaine? No. No. That's, uh, that's I know some high school coaches that coach with some pretty interesting <laughs> things in their cups. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I do, too. I do too, actually. It's funny you say that. <laughs> um, all right, last and final take, if anything, from you, Chad Brendel. Uh, just that this is always how it happens when you have a tournament that looks like through, and, and it, this was more than ever, obviously. Yeah. But, but once you start finally getting to that Elite Eight, all the cream rises to the top because they're playing 10, 12, 13 seeds in the Sweet 16. And now you're going to go into the Elite Eight with three number ones, all of which are going to be, I would guess, heavy favorites. Yeah. Tomorrow and Tuesday. And the odds are pretty good. You're going to have a final four. You're going to have three ones and two sided upset. You're going to have the most lopsided upset tournament in the history of the tournament. And you're going to get three ones in Houston. There's Hep Cronin, by the way. Chad's dead. It's my stepdad. <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, no, I, that's, that's a good point, Chad. I And I'm one that um, I still think we're going to see more of this moving forward just because of the talent level. But there are the I teams don't. that are just I do. But I think I, you're look, still, there's still going to be teams that are going to rise to the top because they're just better. I mean, Gonzaga here's, is honestly just better. Michigan is just better. Baylor is just better. Okay. Well, here's the difference this year. Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, Kansas, Michigan State, da 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 they go down the list. The Blue Bloods were not blue this year. They will be back. Mm, we'll see. And now we've not got... Not sure I buy that, but we'll see. You don't buy that Duke and North Carolina and Kentucky and Kansas and Michigan State are going to be elite again. Really? Mm, not on a consistent basis. I really honestly don't. I just don't. It's not on too, a consistent basis. It's too basis. late in the podcast to have this argument. I know that, but it's, it's a good uh, question. We'll really? Look- We'll really? See. I'll tell you what, let's save this for a couple podcasts from here. But yes, really is my answer. Anyhow, going into today, we had 12 teams left in the tournament. None of the coaches had won a national championship. The State. only the only reason that happens is because the blue blood stunk. And a lot of those spots that would be Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas, Michigan State, and the Sweet 16 are gone. New Nobody blood knows. stepped up, which what created... Up? A lot of upsets. What happened to Indiana? Are they a blue blood anymore? No, they've been bad for 20 plus years. I'm, I realize that. I'm just well, the power conferences are, control this. And at the end of the day, they're going to get more teams in the dance. So they're going to have more chances and more opportunities. And that's why I don't think there's going to be a lot more of this happening. Now, it, we'll continue to see years like this where there's a decent amount of upsets and everything because there is that the line is blurred. There's guys transferring down those levels. I would say, I, I think the transfer portal, and, I think the transfer portal is a hell of a thing, boys. And it's making, it's going to make it tough for some of the other teams, the more traditional powers to stay old. And you think Johnny Juzang would have helped Kentucky? 
he, he would have, but skinny again, he went to UCLA. And so that he went home, just meant UCLA he went from blue blood right to blue blood. You know, well, UCLA has not been a blue blood for 20 years either, but, but they're just a, still their power team and a power program. And it yes, just meant that enough. they got in the tournament, which means fair they enough. got the extra chance. So in terms of like, are we going to see a bunch more mid majors getting through? I don't think so. Cause they're still going to get fewer chances because the power conferences still have the game rigged in their favor. Damn it. Go Loyola. That's all I can tell you. Oh, they're out, by the way, in case anybody's wondering. Um, Rick, uh, I think you gave a final take, but do you want one more final take? You got anything else? I like the new NCAA tournament schedule. I like this I where too. we have the games after the too. weekend. Because like we still had a great weekend. There are other things to do on Thursday and Friday night. Yes. There's nothing else to do on Monday and Tuesday night. Now I'm, I'm looking forward to Monday you. and Tuesday. I like I'm kind of with you. How about you, Chad? I, I'm kind of with him on I'm that. In. Look, yeah. We already do the national championship on Monday. Right. And guess what? Everybody loves the national championship on Monday. Yeah, I cannot freaking wait to get the elite eight tomorrow and Tuesday. Well, and, and I'll be honest with you. If you time this out with the way the baseball season, the regular season starts, I mean, literally there is usually it starts the, the, the championship game is usually on most of the opening days. And maybe that's the way the calendar is going to flow. But this year, the way the calendar flowed, we're not to baseball. In fact, I think most teams are finishing their exhibition season tomorrow on a Monday and nobody cares. So we get, we get opening day opens Thursday, Thursday, which is the new thing. Right. Yeah, everyone so, opens so, Thursday in baseball. Right. So we're getting basketball Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday's kind of a recovery respite, day. if you will. Right. Yeah, it's a recovery day. And then we get opening day on Thursday. I think it's great. It's amazing. It's fabulous. Yeah. I'm with you. I love this I'm, schedule. I'm, I'm completely I mean, did you like Did you like Friday to Monday for the first two rounds? I did or, more than I or thought. Or would you like it? Well, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, well, Tuesday, like well, this. No, I, I kind of like the Friday to Monday for the first two rounds because that Friday is just the best day of the year. Yeah, and technically we okay. had Thursday for the first, you know, first four. The first four, matters, but still, which but are yes. after you get off work. I thought that Friday, Friday was Friday. I mean, you can take off. Yes, third taking off Thursday and Friday's hard. Friday you can fade at noon, lunch. Nobody cares. They give you the wink, wink, nod, nod, and everybody moves on to. And Monday, here's yes. here's what's brilliant about Monday. There were only two games during the day. Yeah, if right. you took off like right. early around That's 3 right. or 4 p.m., you got to see pretty much everything. Right. And if you missed the first game, you got your phone, you can look at your phones. Okay. Thursday's game, a problem. Yes. Thursday's correct. a problem. Thursday is a problem. Friday you're gonna, is if you're gonna, Are you going to go out and get absolutely smashed on Thursday and then have to wake up, go to work Friday? Correct. You're and then work that. through correct. the games happening correct. all day. So you take off Friday. Yep. You get Saturday all day, 16 games, eight games. All day on Sunday, eight games all day on Monday. I love this format. I'm with you, Rick. Keep it. Yeah. Under any what, circumstance, keep it. That's where the NFL, we either need to have a holiday after the Sunday Super Bowl or we need to have the Super Bowl on a Saturday. It's really not that difficult, people. Well, but really that's not. what they're doing. They're making the first game, the first day of the tournament is the day it is it's the super bowl and everybody's in they got their brackets they're fresh you got all your picks you feel good about yourself so you're all in even after that first day if your brackets busted or you've not gone well in whatever picks game you're like yeah next day is okay i'm i'm okay no but now the, the next day is super saturday bowl. correct yes yes i'm in on this it was I'm brilliant i love it i'm with you man i i think it's i think it's perfect all right boys um as we as we sign off at 60-60 UCLA Alabama, we'll leave it at that. Um, I'll probably don't we have these... to go until it's over? No, I no. can't do it. I I I I can't do it. I can't be with Rick crowing at me, and Rick can't be with me and you crowing at him. So I just know this. This is a great place to sign off. It's 60-60. We don't know what happens. We still kind of like each other, and we'll leave it at that. Okay. 
Chad Cronin signing off. All right, Chad Cronin. Thank you very much. Hep says hi. <laughs> Hep says, Hep says hey, in case you're wondering. For Chad Brendel and Bearcat Journal, Rick Boring, a Musketeer Report. I'm Richard Skinner from Local12.com. Thanks for being with us. It's been the Skinny Podcast, the College Basketball Edition.